Looking to step up your Mother's Day flowers? The Home Depot has an idea. Let Mom's Green Thumb do some digging with colorful flowers, pots, and premium soils to bring out the most in her patios, walkways, and gardens. Right now, get Vigoro Potting Soil just $8.97 for strong, healthy, vibrant plants, indoors and outside. Shop our wide selection online and pick up your order in-store and give Mom the gift of a beautiful garden. Get Vigoro Potting Soil just $8.97 at the Home Depot. How doers get more done. See homedepot.com slash delivery for details. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Talk is Jericho, baby. Talk is Jericho. Talk is Jericho, mama. Talk is me. All right, welcome to Talk is Jericho. It's the pot of thunder and rock and roll, and it's Friday so that can only mean one thing. It's time for the Duff McKagan Joke of the Week. Hi, Chris Jericho. It's Duff McKagan calling you. Um, a lot of your listeners there might know uh, that I've, I've written a couple books, and I just wrote a book on uh, penguins. In, in hindsight, uh, writing it on paper might have been much easier. Thank you very much. Thanks, as always, to Rock and Roll Hall of Famer Duff McKagan for taking the time to entertain us with his ridiculously horrible bad jokes and equally bad word of the day every single Friday. And that's a lot for definitely going to need because uh, today my guest has a huge chip on his shoulder. He's uh, angry at the world, and he's not afraid to show it, as you're about to hear. He's the most controversial name in pro wrestling right now, talking about Sammy Callahan. He's been taking a lot of heat for that baseball bat shot in his match against Eddie Edwards. If you haven't seen it, go on YouTube and watch it now. Uh, he went to hit a chair, ricocheted off the chair, hit Eddie Edwards right in the eye socket. Uh, he almost lost his eye. Planned stunt that went wrong, and Sammy ended up smashing Eddie in the face. Uh, but the bigger problem is the lack of remorse that Sammy's shown since it happened. He doesn't seem to be sorry or feel bad about it at all. And a lot of the boys, as well as the fans, have been publicly calling him out for that and for being unsafe in the ring. Sammy said he's even getting death threats. You're going to hear all about that. So I'm giving Sammy Callahan a chance to tell his side of the story and explain why he's so angry. And, of course, we're going to talk about his time at NXT and WWE, what's coming up in Season 4 of Lucha Underground, which he's filming in the middle of Los Angeles right now. That's where we sat down at the uh, world-famous Whiskey A Go-Go right before the sold-out Fozzie show that we played later on that night. And speaking of Fozzie, the first leg of the Judas Rising Tour wraps up this weekend. we got Portland on Thursday night, March 15th, and then Seattle on Friday. And then we take a 10-day break before heading out on the second leg of the Judas Rising Tour with Through Fire, Santa Cruz, and Dark Sky Choir. We start again in Milwaukee on March 27th at the Turner Ballroom March 28th, Chicago at the Bottom Lounge. March 29th, Grand Rapids at the Intersection. March 30th in Detroit at the Shelter. March 31st, Dayton, Ohio at the Rockstar Energy Arena. That is sold out. April 2nd, Cleveland House of Blues. April 3rd, Pittsburgh at Jurgles. April 4th, Clifton Park, New York at the Upstate Concert Hall. April 5th, New York at the Gramercy Theater. April 6th in Philly at the Foundry. 
April 7th, Portland, Maine at the Aura. April 8th, Hampton Beach, New Hampshire at Wally's. And remember, that's the same day as WrestleMania. So come see Fozzie. We're doing a matinee show. We're going to finish up and go straight into WrestleMania. You can see WrestleMania with me. Just come to the show April 8th at Hampton Beach. We're going to watch it together after the Fozzie gig. Get your tickets at FozzieRock.com. And don't forget to come join us for the VIP meet and greet as well. Best VIP in the business. A lot of people have been saying that. If you go on Twitter at FozzieRock, you read the reviews. We do a mini concert for you. Meet and greet. Spend some time. Have some fun. I guarantee it's one of the best VIP uh, packages in the business. Go to FozzyRock.com now. New York already sold out. Uh, Lubbock, Texas sold out. New Orleans sold out. You got to come check it out. Go to FozzyRock.com. And speaking of checking it out, let's check out Sammy Callahan. He's in a real bad mood. So let's get started right now here on Talk is Jericho. All right, so um, here in in, uh, Los Angeles at the famous Whiskey A Go-Go, which is one of the um, most historic, iconic buildings to play in in rock and roll history. A lot of uh, huge bands played, a lot of controversial bands have played here, and that's why I thought it was very apropos to have one of the most controversial guys in the the wrestling business right now with Sammy Callahan. Uh, You're in town taping for Lucha Underground, and you made it over here to, to the whiskey. So it's cool. It's very timely right now. Obviously, you are, um, in a lot of ways, one of the hottest names in the business right now. And now you have me on Talk is Jericho. Why wouldn't you? Everyone else wants a piece of me. I'm not saying you need the ratings boost or the listeners boost. You're Chris Jericho. But at the end of the day, Jim Cornette talks about me. It's the most watched video. TNA puts me on there. I'm the most watched thing in Impact Wrestling right now. Lucha Underground, it doesn't matter. It's the same thing. So why wouldn't you want to jump on it? Well, yeah, and I did. I mean, obviously, listen, I'm a, I'm a businessman just like you are. And when I have a chance to have Sammy Callahan on my show in the middle of this shit storm that's going on, uh, of course, I'm going to take advantage of it. Because like you mentioned, everybody is talking about you. Um, from the guys in the business to the fans to you mentioned all the ratings and all that sort of stuff. Um, I mean, for you right now, this is probably the biggest you've ever been in, in the business. And I'm going to ride it out till till the day I die in this business. Like, I don't understand right now why there is such a backlash over an accident that happened in professional wrestling. When did the fans? Like, feel so entitled that now professional wrestlers, my work, my art, I have to go out of my way and apologize for my actions in the ring. When did the entire society become so, try to be PC, but complete sissies, complete pussies to the fact Snowflakes. That, that now I have to apologize for being a pro wrestler and they, oh, I'm so sorry I, I hurt Eddie Edwards. That's stupid. Well, I mean, th- th- there was a, a pretty bad accident and when you see it, uh, Things happen. It, it looks very vicious. Things happen. You punch Shawn Michaels' wife in the face. Granted, yes. Yeah. yeah there yeah. accidents happen. Right. 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 Accidents happen. You're you're one of the most controversial uh, controversy figures in professional wrestling. So for you to do this interview, that's that's another chip on my shoulder that I can add to things along the point. Like, yo, uh, everyone wants to talk all this garbage on me, but now I'm one of the biggest stars in professional wrestling. Chris Jericho is interviewing me inside of Whiskey A Go Go right now, and. It really doesn't matter all the hate I'm getting online because moments like this just shows I'm doing the exact right thing I should be doing. Well, well, well and let's be, yeah, be honest. If that hadn't happened, we wouldn't be sitting here talking. Not no. that I didn't want to talk to you, but right now, like I said, your 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 the timing is everything. The time right now for Sammy Callahan is, is the biggest it's ever been. But let's go back and and, and talk about exactly what happened um, uh, in the match. And even before that, because you and, you and Eddie Edwards and some of that, that was lost in all of this with with the thing that happened at the end. Was you guys had a hell of a match, a, a great angle leading up. 
up to the match. Um, so tell me about kind of what, what happened uh, that night that led to us being here today. Here's the go. As pro wrestling accidents happen, what we do, sure, it's predetermined, but it ain't fake. And that's the misconception about pro wrestling. It's like, oh, everything, if everything's fake, then we need to be held accountable. No, this wasn't a fake incident. This is something that actually happened in the middle of a wrestling ring. We had a stunt. We're trying to do like people do in professional wrestling. Something went wrong and I hit a man in the face with a baseball bat. Do these people actually feel, think I don't feel bad that moment that I hit a man in the face with a baseball bat? Sure, I felt bad. I went to the back, said my P's and Q's. Eddie went on his way. I haven't really talked to Eddie since, but it's one of those things like after that day, why am I going to feel bad anymore? It's done. It's out of the way. Why do I have to feel horrible about my well-being and feel horrible about everything I want to do in my career right now? Because now fans want me to go out of my way to apologize and well, but, but I mean, you, you, you put the, the chair on him and you went to hit the chair with the bat, but then it bounced off the chair and whacked him right in the face. And if you, if you guys listening haven't seen this, you should go check it out because it's one of those accidents like when Sid jumped off the rope and, and crunched his ankle or one of those ones where you watch and you go, ooh, it looks like it looks brutal, man. And that's one of the things this thing happened. It's bad. It's messed up. A man almost lost his eyesight. But this is a world of wrestling. The show must go on. Why am I not going to make money off this now? Please tell me that, Chris. What would you do in my situation right now? Well, I mean, like I said, when, when something like that happens, I mean, w when people talk about the business and talk about, you know, we know that this is part of the show and we know this is part of the show. But when something like that happens, that's real. And that takes things to a different level. So, I mean... You seem to not have, I mean, you said you had remorse when it happened, but now you kind of act like you really don't give a shit, to be honest with you. I don't give a shit anymore. Wow. This whole incident has kind of soured professional wrestling on me. The, the business that I love more than anything, and I've given my entire life to, I have lost my parents, didn't get to go to their funeral. I have lost friends. I have lost girlfriends, cars, jobs. I've sacrificed everything for this business. And because of an accident, people want to say I'm unsafe, I'm dangerous, and I can't do my job. No, things don't work that way. Just because of one incident does not make me a terrible person or a terrible human being. And for fans and the boys in the back to now want to jump on this bandwagon and seem cool because I'm the cool thing to hate right now, so be it. The more people that talk about me, the more people that shit on me, all eyes on me. Mm. Yo, people say no publicity is bad publicity. Well, this is that definition of that term. This is not bad publicity from me. Like you said, would you be interviewing me right now if I didn't hit a man no, in the face with a no, baseball I bat? Be. I wouldn't be. No. You, you seem like you're kind of like, it's, it's almost like it was the other way around that he hit you in the face. Like, why, why are you so pissed off? Look at this situation. People get hurt in professional wrestling all the time. Bubba Ray Dudley caned off Tommy Dreamer's ear with an unsafe kendo stick shot. Did Bubba Ray Dudley go out and have to apologize to the fans or feel bad about it? No. Chris Benoit broke Sabu's neck. Owen Hart broke Stone Cold's neck. The list goes on and on and on and on and on in this in professional wrestling. But why am I the first case in professional wrestling where fans feel jaded or upset that I'm not going to go out of my way and quote-unquote, kill kayfabe and apologize to the fans because fans are like, your whole job is to keep your opponent safe. Well, I'm, I'm glad you're telling me what my job is now. When did the fans get this power over professional wrestling? Mm -hmm. You're reading that like on Twitter and on Facebook, et cetera, et cetera. Twitter, Facebook. Yeah. Dude, I, I'm getting death threats now. I had someone the other day on 
Twitter say, hey, Sammy, don't block me. If you want to fight, I'm going to DM you during WrestleMania weekend where you're down there being the most overbooked guy on the planet, and we'll find a place to fight. So so be it. Do you think I have had my ass beat before, and I'm not afraid to be my ass beat again? Because nine times out of ten, I'm going to take somebody's eye, I'm going to take an ear. That's well, the type of fight. But, but, but it seems like when you took almost took Eddie Edwards' eye, that now you have the chip on the shoulder because people are, are angry at you for what happened is that as you see the backlash and people are saying like are they questioning your professionalism question my professionalism the facts don't change i am signed to two of the biggest wrestling companies on the planet today and i'm the most overbooked independent wrestling on the planet i'm not just tooting my own horn facts don't lie look at my schedule i worked more dates than most guys in wwe last year people don't know what my bank account looks like but let me tell you right now i'm making more than i ever did at wwe between merch between all my other ventures i'm making more money now and this incident is no different do you know how many of these eddie edwards t-shirts i've sold and how good it makes my bank account look what is the eddie edwards t-shirt eddie edwards face broken bloody on a shirt wahoo mcdaniel style i broke eddie's face it's very simple but people are outraged i wonder how outraged they would have been back in the day when the i broke wahoo's leg shirt came out who put who put that out uh, who was the one that broke Wahoo's leg yeah. that started this? I don't even remember. With Greg Valentine. Oh, okay, so yeah. he put out a shirt that said, yeah. I broke Wahoo's yeah, leg. Yeah, it's one of those influenced shirts. And you put out a shirt that said, I just broke uh, Eddie Edwards' face. Yeah. So people are buying that as yes. Sammy Callahan fans? Yeah, because for just as many haters, there's just as many people that aren't pussified and like support this. So like, yo, this is pro wrestling. Accents happen. Sammy Callahan, you're the first professional wrestler to step out of the ordinary right now and go, you know what? No. This that's, this is stupid. That's pretty like shitty though, man. Like selling a shirt with his face on it, and then you're making the money. Like you almost like you should give him a percentage of it or something. Why would I at this point? He's selling shirts to say, "Oh, you're going to need a bigger bat." So if he can capitalize off this and sell T-shirts, why can't I? Oh, he's selling shirts too. Yeah. So, but you haven't talked to him though. But people feel sympathy. I talked to him that night, and I've had one phone call with him. And the problem is, he never to my face said there was any kind of issue. But now he wants to go on Bubba Ray's podcast and go online because everyone's feeling sorry for him, and he thinks he can capitalize off this as well. And now he wants to jump into the bandwagon and say, "You know what? The more I watch this footage, uh, is really upsetting, and I kind of think maybe Sammy did this on purpose to get himself over." That's a whole hawk of garbage. But if you want to think that, think that. I'm not going to care any differently. Because eventually me and Eddie Edwards are going to have to get in the, in the ring again. And we're going to have to get face-to-face. -face, and we'll see what happens. So when you're talking... I'm not going to deal... I'm, I'm sorry for cutting you off. I'm not going to walk on eggshells like I did at WWE. I'm not going to be a bitch. I'm going to do exactly what I want when I want. If people have an issue with it, they can deal with me in the ring. Because I'm not afraid to get my ass beat and I'm not afraid to beat someone. Okay, there's a lot of stuff that, that you've mentioned that I want to talk about. But you, that, that you just said, that walking in eggshells in WWE. Because now, from what I understand, you were you were in NXT, NXT for a long time. I was there for almost three years. Almost three years. And your name was Sol Solomon Crow. Solomon Crow. I was the crazy hacker that people don't even know about. Okay. Oh, you were a hacker? Uh, I was supposed to be a hacker gimmick that me and Dusty Rhodes came up with. Uh, uh we love this character and like with everything in today's day and age with with how successful black mirror is how successful um right. that show mr robot is this was before these even came out but when we pitched it to management for some reason they just why would a hacker wrestle so okay so i got thrown to the wayside in nxt for a year and a half and didn't wrestle on television when i was told i was going to debut right when i got there so i had to watch other guys come in and get pushed right above me right off the bat because myself i will take full blame for that because i walked on eggshells i tried to make everyone happy and i became a bitch
I became a bitch to the system, which there you, you go one or two ways. You go against the grain and do what you know what's right, or you become a bitch and do exactly what everyone else thinks. Because right, you you yourself. you had a pretty big name when you got to NXT as Sammy Callahan. Bigger now, but, but I was no, okay. I understand. I was, but you, I was on the rise. You had some 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 you know indie name value. Absolutely, you want to say. So just quickly, when you're talking about the hacker, like what was what was the gimmick supposed to be? So. The whole thing with this hacker gimmick, like they're having issues with the network. They just launched a network. Why can't they blame me for all these technical difficulties? Gotcha. Why can't they put something with this character? And it went further than that. Me and Dusty came up with all these different things about having, when people walk in the building, there's always those QR codes like, oh, scan this QR code and you get a chance to win something at a WWE event. But by scanning that, you're giving whatever company that you scan that pretty much access to text you, call you, send you emails, whatever. So... We were talking about, yo, this goes further. We put these codes on television where, like, that's on my screen. Like, scan this code right now for a chance to win this. Or at shows, everyone walks in the crowd, scan this show and does this. And then I come out and cut a promo, and I'm like, you want to see the power I have? And they send out a mass text to everyone in the audience, and all their phones start lighting up Mm. in attendance while I'm in the crowd. And then anything, like... There's these terrible nude leak hacks that always happen. Blame me. Mm. Like, if this was the Attitude Era and something like that happened, they would have made this into an angle. Well, it's very timely when yes. you're talking about it, especially when you're like Black Mirror, for example. There was so much for this, but management didn't like the hacker character. And then I remember I was trying everything down there. I was throwing ideas against the walls. I was coming up with stuff in promo classes that ended up getting stole and used on television. So I'm like, I don't know what to do because everything I pitch, they tell me no and they use it for someone else. So I just started cutting all these elaborate promos and stuff about crazy stuff. Then finally go, Dusty was a big supporter of me. And like Dusty said, I remember one day I came in with this leather jacket and he goes, just be Chris Jericho, which is really funny because I'm looking you eye to eye right now. How did Uh, he mean? He's like, look, he goes, you just need to be a rock star quit giving a damn what everyone and be you he goes you're a guy that can be like cm punk or dean ambrose or jericho and go against the grain and be everything this company wants and i wore that leather jacket out and they i, I remember management going like oh he kind of reminds me of jericho and that kind of <laughs> so then they say yo you're debuting they're airing your vignettes this week i'm like what vignettes and like all oh, the hacker vignettes that you air- filmed a year and a half ago when your hair was shorter and it was like a pitch piece to the office and I'm like, but I'm not the hacker. They kept saying, you're not the hacker, but we're going to debut you with these hacker character stuff. And I'm like, well, it doesn't make sense. They're like, well, it's just going to be a cool thing like Jericho's like stuff. Like they do all these like cryptic things. Then you debut and like, you don't really have the power over like technology or anything. But then I guess the writers didn't get the message because they would randomly have me say little hacker shit. Like I now give you back to your regularly scheduled programming or talk hacker stuff. But then I'd be like, you're not the hacker. So I didn't know who I was when I went out there. And I remember one day my give a f- just got broken. And I'm like, <laughs> yo, like, I don't know what I'm doing right now. I don't know who I am. And I was wrestling Apollo Cruz, who's one of my close boys. And he was getting pushed at the time. And he's like, you know what, dude, f- it. he goes, let's go out and just have a killer match. If we get in trouble. Like I'll take the blame for it. We went out and I was just me, Sammy Callahan from the Indies. I got to the back and triple H pulled me to the side. And he goes, where the f- has this dude been? And I went, Oh, what do you mean? This is the dude that all your, a lot of your trainers and Bill DeMont and other people have told me I'm too aggressive because I'm too small. So I need to be this wrestler. I need to be this wrestler. So I actually be me and now you like it. And to Billy Gunn and Norman Smiley's credit, two guys that I'll, will always have my back and I'll have theirs. Uh, they came right up to Triple H and were like, yo, this is the guy that main events all your house shows against like Kevin and Finn Balor and all these guys. And he's having crazy matches. And you're just now realizing this? Like, mm. So he's like, okay, we're going to, take you off TV and re repackage you. And he came up, he wanted me to do this group based off, um, what's the movie? Um, 
smoking aces like the three crazy post-locopictic brothers and like i started pitching ideas this later became sanity but it got to the point wow. it was supposed to be me sawyer folder fulton and uh marcus louis who's doing like this crazy gimmick but I was, my give a f was broken so much at that point, And I'd been buried down so much that it just got to the point. They're like, yo, we're going to take you off TV and repackage you. And they're like, you'll be back before the end of the year. And then December came and they're like, uh, we're probably going to debut this after mania. I'm like, I'm not sticking around anymore. Like mm -hmm. I'm getting, I'm down here bumping every day, giving my life to try to like, and doing everything you guys asked me to do. And I watch guys come in and go the other end of the spectrum, do whatever they want and get rewarded for it. No, nah, I'm done with that. I'm going to go out and like show you exactly why you signed me to begin with. And that's what I did. I went out and became one of the biggest draws in indie wrestling. You, right you did exactly the same thing that Cody Rhodes did. You left on your Absolutely. own volition and showed what you could do on your own. And that's a common misconception. I, fans want to keep talking shit on me now because it's bad and be like, that's why NXT lets you go. That's why WWE lets you go. No, I quit. Mm. I quit. I went out of my way. I remember the day it happened, I had a live event match with the two guys and we were all arguing about the group because they were like yo we all need to be equals i'm like it doesn't work like that this group works because i'm little you're big i yell at you guys tell them what to do you and then finally you get mad they're, they're the like, heaters no we're not going to be your bitches and like so they went out we went to do our entrance and they went out and did whatever they wanted and i got yelled at for it like you guys need to get on the same page and that mm -hmm. was the day i'm like you know what i'm not putting my my career in some other guy's hands like right i've been down here killing myself and being the first match for these guys coming up with baron corbett's finish creating guys gear when cody rhodes and stardust came down like to create the stardust i'm, I'm the guy that they pulled out of the ring to help them come up with the offense so for now for boy the boys not just the fans now the boys come out and say i'm unsafe when there's a lot of stuff in my body of work that people never know about and i'll never get credit for so for for people that i've known like chris hero for 10 years to go out of his way to bury me online that's why i take such offense to this because this is my life and i've given my life to this like you i haven't been doing this as long as you now but i've been doing this for 13 years and i'm one of the only guys that's wrestled now for every major company on the planet wwe nxt ring of honor impact wrestling lucha underground new japan who else can say that right now? So my body of work speaks for itself. It seems like the leaving WWE almost gave you a little bit of a, of a, of a more of a chip on your shoulder, uh, feeling that they misused you and didn't give you a shot. It made me cool. And look, I don't hate WWE. One day I truly believe, you know what? Maybe I might go back there. Maybe I won't because I love what I'm doing at Impact and I love what I'm doing at Lucha Underground right now because they, they finally are the first companies on national television to take the handcuffs off me and go, you know what? B. Sammy Callahan is obviously working on the indies, and now companies are getting their impact wrestling with me in the main event gets their highest rating in a year. Lucha Underground, any video they put me up on YouTube is their most watched video by hundreds of thousands of views. So obviously I'm doing something right. You're hot right now, like you said. I want to talk about impact, but first of all, you, you, you've mentioned a couple people that have kind of called you out that seems it is really have pissed you off, and one of them you mentioned was Chris Hero. First of all, what exactly did he say? So here's the thing. I'm not trying to make my name off Chris Hero or Cassius Ono. I've already made my name. Yeah. But here's the thing. Chris went back to WWE awesome i am one of the people that always said chris is one of the best in the world people just need to let chris be chris don't cover him up with a t-shirt just let him be a big dude wearing trunks doing shit that other big dudes can't do and be an amazing striker this is a guy i've known for years but now in nxt things might not be going the way he is like shit sucks sometimes in professional wrestling so i don't know why he had to feel like he had to go out of his way to like message me like this he put out on twitter talking about how i should be embarrassed and ashamed of what happened and it i took 
complete disrespect to that. This is a guy I've known for years. You can't give me a phone call. You can't give me a text. Mm, right. He went out of his way to put this in public forum. Nah, that's not cool by my part. We're, we're obviously not as good as friends as I thought we were. Mm. Same thing, like, Cornette wants to go out and say, oh, who trained this guy? He's untrained. He's unwarned. Jim Cornette, you booked me for Ring of Honor. Like, don't act like you don't know who I am. I've known you for eight years now. Like, you booked me, and I've been on multiple shows of you. Shane Douglas, same thing. Shane Douglas wants to bury me now. Dude, you are the most controversial wrestler of all time. Obviously, your career is on the downflow, so if you want to jump on my bandwagon and jump on my jockstrap too, so be it. But all these people don't realize they're just bringing more names to me, more eyes to me. Good or bad publicity, all eyes are on me right now. What, is, like. what did Shane Douglas say? Shane Douglas, another person said I was unsafe. What we did was stupid. People don't know the whole situation. I'm not going to go into it. People don't know the entire situation that happened between me and Eddie Edwards. The only people that know was me and Eddie. So for anyone to run their mouth outside of that because an accident happened on a pro wrestling show, it boggles my mind. Didn't Shane break Pitbull's neck or Oh, something? and made an angle out of it. Right, 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 right. It's interesting. It surprises me that guys in the business, I can understand fans because fans don't know or don't know as much as they think they do. But the guys in the business, especially a guy like Cornette, that surprises me because these guys are bookers and, and, and work angles and, and know how the business works. And you can tell once again, it's not like you, it's not like you took a, a baseball bat and smashed him right in the face. It's not like I punched Rebecca Michaels in the face as hard as I could. It's a zig when there should have been a zag. It's, you know, a little bit of bad luck and a little bit of wrong place, wrong time. But to suggest that it was on purpose in any way, shape or form seems to be very stupid. Yeah, I completely agree with it. But now this is the cool bandwagon to jump on. Uh, I wrestled a guy named Brody King uh, last weekend in Orlando, and he wanted to get mouthy in the match and talk about me being dangerous, like to get himself over the fans. You know what I did? I got up and I slapped him. Like, I should have. Like, right. he didn't quit running his mouth. Then he wants to run his mouth on Twitter. He's like, you know what? I love professional wrestling, but I hate working on professional people. So another person trying to jump on the bandwagon. Mm. So people can keep jumping on the bandwagon. Keep, keep jumping on the bandwagon. I'm going to keep doing me, and they can keep doing me. Don't hate on me because I'm better at doing me than you are at doing you. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. You like to watch new stuff, right? Well, go to Hulu and see what's new, because Hulu has new stuff all the time. Like Vanderpump Villa, the new docudrama starring Lisa Vanderpump, where first-class luxury meets world-class drama. A new season of The Kardashians starring The Kardashians, of course. And Grand Cayman, Secrets in Paradise, the sizzling new reality show set in the tropical Caribbean. It's all new and it's streaming now on Hulu. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour, and they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com, to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. Life is a highway. 
and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one McCrispy, so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. Hey, this is Chris Jericho inviting you to the first ever Rock and Wrestling Rager at Sea. Picture this rock and roll, wrestling, comedy, live podcasting, all on the open ocean from October 27th to the 31st. 2018 from Miami to Nassau. I'm bringing Hall of Fame wrestlers, some of the greatest rock and roll bands on the planet, and putting the first wrestling ring on a cruise ship ever. Don't be a stupid idiot. Make the list. Check us out at ChrisJerichoCruise.com. So let's talk about Impact when you left WWE. Now, Impact now with kind of the new management with Don Callis and Scott Demore. Uh, there's some money behind it from a legitimate billionaire up in Canada. But I know that's a fact. So um, it seems right now. Yeah, that- I just cashed a paycheck, by the way. All these people would have said, oh, TNA doesn't pay their talent. Well, I've got a couple really good paychecks from them that look really good in my bank account. So and they cashed. Say, yeah, well, they cashed easy right in my bank account. So I'm not having any issues there. So obviously I'm making money. So mm-hmm. that's one of the fans' biggest things. Like, how are you making money if TNA doesn't pay their talent or Impact doesn't pay their talent? Well, they pay me. So mm-hmm. right. Well, I, I, I think we'll say that you don't believe everything that you hear online, et cetera, et cetera. But this type of an angle, and then now this kind of this new Sammy Callahan, obviously pissed off, not afraid to say your opinions. It couldn't have happened in, in the WWE system. No. Because in the WWE system, if something like this would have happened and not harping on WWE. It would have been pushed to the side. It wouldn't have mattered because I wouldn't have been the guys that they handpicked to be over. If I would have got myself over like I just did, I would have probably been punished for it. Look at Zack Ryder. Zack Ryder got himself on uh, over on the internet with his own well-being, but he's not the hand-selected guy, so what they do on television? They gave him a little piece of the pie, and then they buried him. Hmm. It's happened time in and time out, but that's just the, the monster of the beast. You can't hate on the company for that. They obviously picked the people they picked for a reason. Mm-hmm. But if I went out of my way and I wasn't that handpicked person, I would have probably got shit on for this situation. I'd probably been taken off shows. And then so be it. I'm done acting like someone that I'm not. Mm-hmm. I'm done walking on eggshells. You know why? I run companies. I help younger guys out. All my guys that are under my wing right now are successful and blowing up, getting signed places. Every I go out of my way to help other people. But people only want to see and like know what they know they don't know the real me Mm -hmm. they don't see what i do they didn't see what i did in developmental for people they didn't see what i do in any show that i'm on for people that's why this bothers me so much and i'll keep going back to that because i have a great track record now a situation like this sure i'm known as being a wild card i'm a little off sometimes i'm a little crazy and like i do things that maybe i shouldn't do but at this point I do stuff that people's talking about Mm -hmm. i'm showing that this hashtag the draw thing is real life Hashtag the draw. Yep, we'll go right there. Hashtag the draw. That easy. My track record speaks for itself. I quit WWE, and unlike everyone else, when you quit or get fired from WWE, you get paid developmental 30 days worth of pay. You just can't work anywhere for 30 days. I said, I don't want your money. I want to show up at indie shows tomorrow. Mm -hmm. And they they tried to warn me against it. Like, oh, maybe you shouldn't do this. Like, we just want you to be okay in money. I'm like, no, I'm going to show up at indie shows this weekend. I don't want your money. And they kept trying to say that's a bad idea. But that weekend, I showed up at AAW set that place on fire unannounced and now that place is one of the highest drawing independent shows in the country they're running three to four shows a month that are sold out with me on top so obviously i'm doing something right there i go to lucha underground most watched guy on on their youtube channel doing something right there i go to impact what happens there 
most watched person on their television show and the person that everyone's talking about. So I'm doing something right. I go to New Japan. People want to get all mad because I'm kissing people and everything else. But the, I'm obviously booked at New Japan, so I'm doing something right. Who were you kissing in New Japan? What are you talking about? I kissed you. Uh, so, so here's another thing. I, I want to put this rumor to end because it's really stupid when it boils down to it. So... I do this spot randomly that I've done for years because I'm a crazy person and it always garners a reaction. A guy will be beating my ass and I'll know where I'll just kiss him. Say it disorients them. They don't know what just happened. It helps me gain the upper hand. So I don't do it every match, but I do it every once in a while. So I do this over at New Japan. My first match over for New Japan, it gets the craziest reaction in our match. Freaking everyone blows up about it. And then the internet goes crazy. I'm getting hit up by all these different movements and all these different groups that now, listen to this. This is how our society is today. They were mad because I was kissing people on New Japan and they're selling. By what I'm doing, I'm really showing that homophobia is okay because these people are selling it with gay panic, which causes showing that it's okay to sell gay panic if a man kisses you. Dude, some of my best friends are gay. I figured me kissing dudes, if anything, that's going to show that I'm not homophobic. And then... Vice versa, everything's going on with in Hollywood, these Weinstein stuff. People say I'm showing this okay to force yourself on people in a wrestling ring. I'm like, is wrestling real or fake? Please tell me. Because if what we do is predetermined, what does it matter what I do in the ring or on television? You're not going to get mad at Jenga One Chain for some of the things they say because it's a movie and it's fake and it suspends your disbeliefs. Now I suspend your disbeliefs and I'm a horrible human being. But that, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it seems a lot of times you can't win for losing no matter what oh, it is yeah, you do. Oh, yeah, and here's the thing. Uh, People want to say that New Japan management was mad about it and told me to quit kissing people. Meltzer actually reported this. He's like, oh, Sammy Callahan upset management because they told him to quit kissing people and he didn't listen. Well, that's the first I'm hearing of it because every night over there, it seemed like all the legends were like, oh, maybe tonight. Kiss. Kiss. <laughs> Could you even say that? <laughs> I love my bread club daddy. Yeah, man, he's a good dude. Um what do you think about Impact right now as far as the future of it and how it is for you right now? Obviously, you have freedom to do whatever the hell you it's want. It's blowing up. Yeah. It's blowing up right now. Sure, Impact of the last year has been terrible. Like, you, you can just straight up and say it. Because like, you were working there before the management switch. I was there. The My first set of tapings was right as the switch was happening. Gotcha. So it was like kind of awkward in Canada the first night I debuted. And then the next set of tapings, they had all their ducks in the row. Scott and Don was running things with Sanjay and some other guys. And... They believed in me. They let me go out and they're like, yo, I had this idea to shoot my promos. Like I used to shoot them on the indies, like selfie style, like right thing that ended up getting done by the shield. Mm -hmm. And other, I'm like, I'm going to do it the right way. How it's supposed to be done. We did it. Everyone loves those vignettes. Everyone knows that. Cause they're actually giving, letting the reins off me impact right now is the first company to say, you know what? If it's not WWE, we should all be working together because mm -hmm. WWE has the world monopolized in professional wrestling. And that, right. that's cool. Like, WWE is its own thing. Right. But everyone else, not one company is ever going to be as big as WWE. There's never going to be a... WWE has put themselves in a way that there's no way anyone can ever compete yeah, for. Right. right now, they're, like, buying up indie companies, pretty much, and putting guys under contract. Because they realize right now the new wrestling boom is coming from the indies. It's coming from all these guys. Because now platforms of social media and everything else, there can be real-life real life megastars in professional wrestling that don't work for WWE. And I think, that, that. I yep. think that scares WWE, to be honest. The young Bucks, look at Kenny Omega, look at Cody, look at you. Now, Del WWE, Rio. like if there's a successful indie show, they're running NXT shows in the same territory. Uh, my last show in Iowa, I run a company called The Wrestling Revolver, which is blowing up in the indie world right now. I have a show Mania weekend that's almost sold out. Mm. Uh, we have WWE and NXT never run Iowa, very rarely. 
I, I, my family's been from Iowa. I go to Iowa every summer. They never run Iowa, but now I'm getting this big indie thing, and they run an NXT show in the same town, five minutes from where my show is the day before. Mm. Interesting. There's something to that, right? Right. Well, look what they did in England with the whole absolutely the UK thing. But it's smart for them. Deals. Yeah, it's smart for them. Now they're monopolizing and getting indie talent under contract now without even putting them on television. Mm-hmm. That's smart in WWE's part. But now everyone has to work with each other. If we want to be a true alternative, everyone has to work with each other. And Impact is like the first people. Like, you know what? You got. We're sick of this contract stuff over people's likeness, likeliness, and their name and everything. Intellectual property. Yeah. Everyone now, look. You own your own intellectual property. If you build a, a character here and you leave, that's your character. You know why? Because you did the legwork and you built that character. Mm. That's awesome. That's the you. first time ever. Yeah, but that makes that's going to make more people want to work for Impact Wrestling. Now Impact Wrestling has a deal with Lucha Underground. They have a de- they're working on deals with other company. Uh, for what it's worth, the Impact World Champion Austin Aries might have just bridged the gap of Ring of Honor. He just showed He's up just Ring there of last Honor. night. Yeah. yeah, that's crazy in today's day and age. For instance, you you are a trailblazer with this stuff, for the fa- and not just kissing your ass, but dude, you're working for WWE, New Japan, anywhere else you want to work. Who else? And you're tying the gap mm-hmm. of all these different places together and showing that what wrestling can be. Because like it or not, wrestling might be the biggest sport in the world when you really think about it. Professional wrestling. Football, American football, mostly just America, a little bit of England stuff. Soccer is big all over the world. But somewhere in every third world country, or doesn't matter, there are people having predetermined fights that people think are real Mm -hmm. everywhere in the world it doesn't matter professional wrestling is universal and impact is trying to pull that all together to make a truly awesome product they're going back to what made them big to begin with they had some of the guys that had name tv value but now they're going and getting uh indie guys and guys from around the world that has truly built up their own name like people like the young bucks and stuff and kenny omega and all these they have shirts a hot topic that's ridiculous huge that's that are outselling WWE shirts. Yes. Yeah. They're out they're being the best selling shirts in hot topic, not just wrestling. Mm-hmm. But Impact is going to try to tie this all together so we could all work together because at the end of the day that's only going to help us the boys. Well, it's going to have more places to work and more money that we can make. It's smart too though because if Impact has a chance of really going somewhere, they have to be different from WWE. Yes. You know, and that has to go with in-ring product but also the way that they run the system and like you mentioned Austin Aries showing up at Ring of Honor last night, which I believe was a surprise. I, yeah. Did you know? I mean, I didn't know about it. So what do you think about that? Is that does that bode well for you? Would you go back to Ring of Honor? Absolutely. Yeah. See, I I do this gimmick. I'm the worldwide desperado. I do that because I truly like to be the guy that you never know where I'm going to show up. This year, uh, it, within the last year alone, just November, I was with Lucha Underground, debuted for Impact Unannounced, did their set of tapings, and the next week debuted for New Japan. In 2017, who else can say they've done that kind of stuff? You were just on WWE and then showed up unannounced in a vignette challenging, questionably the hottest thing in wrestling right now, Kenny Omega. That's good for your business and wrestling in general right. because you have a giant set of eyes always on you for what you've built in your career. But now Kenny Omega has this other group of the world that is on him. And now people actually are able to see dream matches. Now for the first time in wrestling, dream matches and multi-company dream matches can actually happen. Mm-hmm. And, and, and you think that these companies, and they are, take advantage of, of what you have going on right now. Because like it's lightning in a bottle. Yeah. And even though it is, uh, some people would say uh, you're in the wrong for the way you're acting. The bottom line is putting asses in seats. And that seems to be what you're doing. Yeah, and that's my plan to keep doing. 
if so if the wrestling world needs someone to hate right now to like re-spark a revolution of what professional wrestling can be then so be it mm. i'll be that person i will be that martyr and allow the wrestling world and the community to hate me give me all your hate because you're not going to get under my head you're all your little trolls and everyone else speaking their minds on twitter that doesn't bother me lions do not concern themselves with opinions of sheep that is on posters and t-shirts all over the world well that's how i think right now sure i'm not the biggest i'm not the smallest but you put a microphone in my hand i can draw money hmm. you need something that creates buzz i can create buzz are you ready for that though because it's it's, it's a tough position i've been ready to be for in. this to, to, for, for, for the hate where people are attacking you on the streets. Like, I, I went through that, and it, it, it messes up your mind, dude. I mean, this is the thing. I, when I go home, like, I can turn that shit off because I can go home and be with my loving girlfriend and my dog and sit at my dog because that's the only two people that matter in my life and mm -hmm. what their opinions of me. Them and Dave and Jake Chris. It, this ain't just a gimmick. Those are my fucking brothers. Mm -hmm. We've grown up together, and now we're setting the world on fire. Those are the guys, the other guys in OV, yes. OVE? Dave Chris was, has had multiple clips go viral, millions and millions of views with things he's done in the wrestling ring. Jake Chris is a guy that everyone in our group of circles say he's the best out of all of us. People just don't know because he's mm. the quiet one out of the group. Me, look, I'll strip say I'm not the best one out of our group of guys that's come out of Ohio. But I'm the one that might be the smartest. Well, you're the I'm a, I'm a cult leader at the end of the day. So I like, can make people do things that they never expected they can do. I want to bring out the best in people in any situation. Tell me a little about the Chris brothers. Because I've heard about them before, but I didn't realize they were the other two guys in OVE. Do they have different names on uh, CNA? On Impact? No, they're Dave and Jake Chris okay. there. They've been Dave and Jake Chris everywhere. Before that, they're the Irish Airborne. These are two guys that came out of the HWA Cincinnati class. Me, them, Dean Ambrose, yeah. Eli Drake, Nigel McGinnis, BJ Whitmer, Matt Strike. All these amazing no talent came out of the Ohio region out of this camp. Is that with Les Thatcher's yeah. training? When I was there, Les had kind of tapered down. It was more Cody Hawk and Shark Boy. And those and, the guys that trained you? Yeah, yes. Gotcha. And as well as like, guys, Dave and Jake had I'd already been wrestling for a couple years they took me under their wing dean ambrose was my tag partner in the indies for years and he had been wrestling for a while and i was the only guy i was a big fat kid but i was the only one that would stay after practice to roll around with the older guys to try to get experience and wrestle because mm -hmm. i just wanted to wrestle mm -hmm. so we have all these guys coming out of dave and jake chris are more influential in tag wrestling than people even know like motor sheet mcginn straight up said they've like taken combos and stuff from irish airborne same thing with the Young Bucks. Like, Dave and Jake Chris have been doing the multiple super kicks and all this crazy stuff since back in the day. They were the first guys, one of the first group of people ever offered Ring of Honor contracts back in, like, 2006 or 2007 as Irish Airborne. And then Dave blew out his knee. And that put them on the back burner again for a while. And then, like, Dave didn't wrestle again for two years. His knee was so bad. And then he came back. They started building their brand back. They changed their names to OI4K. And it was just a matter of time before someone finally, like, capitalized on it and used them. And they ended up with what the brand they built off OI4K. Like, that's OI4K. What is Ohio's that for Killers. Gotcha. We've been running with this since 2010. We have a logo that's made us a shitload of money. Impact even, like, this before they made the new contracts. When they first... They had saw the buzz and the merchandising that these guys were doing. We're like, well, yo, like, we want you to come to Impact and do this. We want to own the name. And they're like, no, like, that's our baby. Like, we don't want anyone to own our name. Like, is that why you changed it to OVE? Yeah. Ohio that's versus exactly everything. Why changed by OVE. And as soon as they went there, I was like, well, I have to get in contact with Impact because now I have a chance for the first time in my career to be able to be on national televisions with my brothers and set the world on fire. This is the this is the first national television company because we've been doing this OI4K thing all over the freaking country and all over the world for years. And people know about it. We've built a cult-like following. And now a company actually wants to pull the trigger and let us be us. We're going to be us.
And now more than ever, because like I said, even when, when Don and, and Scott first came in, Don and I are very tight, and obviously Scott as well. But you know, you look at the the the, the, the roster that you have, and whenever there's a switch, some guys are going to leave, some guys are going to do whatever they got to do. But now it's a whole new world with impact. Bobby Lashley is gone, and EC3 is gone, and those guys are gone. And to me, they were TNA guys, absolutely. But for Impact, you now have the chance—not Del Rio and not Eli Drake—and and nothing against any of those guys. But Sammy Callahan has a chance to be, in a lot of ways, the face of that company. And that's what I want. Why would I think any differently? At the end of the day, I'm a five foot eight, five foot eight white kid from Ohio. I don't speak any multiple language, but I'm a real mother. I say what's on my mind. When I was at WWE, I became—I I, I said this—I became a bitch. I became who I wasn't. Now I'm gone. The shackles are off me. I just turned 30 years old. I'm a grown ass man. It's time to go to work and it's time to step up and be the person that I'm supposed to be. Uh, you mentioned also Lucha Underground, um, which is why you're in town filming the fourth season. How was that for you? Have you worked for them the whole time? Uh, I debuted for them during their last season. Gotcha. It's right when I left WWE. They were one of the first groups that hit me up instantaneously because. They need to create buzz. You create a buzz. That's right. No, it's, it's, I left WWE and a lot of guys leave WWE and you go one of two ways. You take the road and you become the one of the world's biggest stars. So you know how to like every couple months I do something to make myself relevant or you go the other way and just kind of ride off what you did in WWE. Then you'll get your little mom and pop bookings of smaller companies, but those dry up real fast. They do. They do. And you have to do something new and something different, yep. which is if we talked about the guys like Cody and yourself. That's why I dress like a cowboy now. People's like, oh, why are you dressing like a cowboy now and wearing dress clothes? Oh, well, maybe because I was wearing the Taz singlet for years and no one else was doing it. And now like, it's the cool thing to do on the indies. Why am, if I want to be different than everyone else, why am I just, okay, if people want to copy me, that's fine. I'm just going to throw them a curveball and do something different yeah. now. You don't have to tell me that. I yeah. agree. It's, uh, it's my it's my reason. Reason the answer for sure. But tell us about Lucha Underground. You're taping it now. Is it like do you tape it over the course of a week or is it a month or how does uh, that work? Last season it was over a couple months. This season they're filming all the episodes within three and a half weeks. I've been in L.A. for the last two. I, I went home for three days and went right to another show and came right back here. Mm. Uh, but they're filming everything in like three and a half weeks. So. Like I said, that's another great thing to, for my bank account. In three weeks, I make a big chunk of money. But Lucha Underground isn't just a wrestling company. It's a, it's a movie. I love Lucha Underground because I truly get to be something different. I am an artist. Ricochet coined this term, wrestling is art. Like, he started this revolution with that. Wrestling is art. And that's a great way to look at professional wrestling. Jim Cornette wants to bury the stuff about, oh, I've done death matches in my career. Well, yeah, I'm also the guy that's had crazy Lucha Libre matches. I've had crazy strong style matches. I can have technical classics with people. And I can also get crazy if I want to. That's my art. I like to one day be able to do a Memphis style match. Then the next night do a crazy death match in Japan. Then the next night do a awesome Lucha Libre style sprint match in Mexico. That's exactly what Lucha Underground is. I get a chance to be another character that's not me and get to play another part because wrestling is movies at the end of the day. What's the character's name in Lucha? I'm Jeremiah Crane. I'm a really just vile human being. It's a lot like I am in real life. You really break it down. But uh, I'm a guy that was possessed by this crystal that brings back demons and uh, I have a real dark past. And it kind of like you said, you're playing a character in those shows. I, I, I really like Lucha Underground for, yeah. um, I say a short period of time because I only watched it a few and then you know how things go. You don't have time to watch. But I like the concept of it was wrestling but combined with all these backstage vignettes and movies yeah. and storylines. It's okay to have time. Lucha Underground is one of the first companies to go, look, yeah, we're not going to insult your intelligence. We can have time travelers. We can have dragons. Right. Monsters, we can have yeah. demons. And people love it. Why can't professional wrestling be like that everywhere? When you really think about it, if what we are doing, is it real or fake? Because I'm sick of this in-between gray area where it's like, okay, what we're doing is 
predetermined, but don't you dare say that because people get upset. Why does it matter what I say in character? Why was it such a, like, there's so much stuff like, I don't support racism or anything like that, but I forget what Jinder Mahal said on SmackDown a couple weeks oh, ago. Shinsuke? Shinsuke. Yeah. If that would have been the Attitude Era, like that would that would have been like crazy. Like it's not like Jinder Mahal really feels like this about. We're Shinsuke playing characters. More. We're yeah. playing characters, and if we want people to hate these characters, why are why do people think that's how WWE or someone actually feels? You want someone to get hate? There's going to be racist and horrible human beings that you meet in your life. There always is going to be that. Like not any one human being is always good and bad. There's levels of every human being and that's how wrestling characters are. So why does it matter what we do or what we say in character to garner a certain reaction? That's like this weird area that I think wrestling But like you said, when, when, when I always say it's a lot easier to make people hate you than it is to make them like you. But once they start hating you, it's hard to keep them hating you because every um, great villain always turns into a baby face. Now, I'm not talking just wrestling. I'm talking the Terminator, Darth Vader, Hannibal Lecter, Joke the Joker. Yep. And when you, if you really drop into a heel character where people think this guy's really an asshole and not just playing a character, even though that's the ultimate way to play a character, that's when you've struck gold. But a lot of people will, will, will crucify you for that as a result. Yeah, and I'm going to keep doing the same thing. This is the weird moment that I'm at right now. I have kind of bled the reality of my wrestling character, my real life reality. Like sometimes I don't know who's who anymore. Sorry to switch on and off. Yeah. Right? yeah. So I'm going to do some messed up things in that ring. And sure, normal Samuel Johnston would feel bad about that. But the more I start thinking about that, yes. Mm. It's on Wikipedia. It doesn't matter. Like people know I'm. <laughs> you're not. Yeah. I guess yeah. You. Like it's my name. I forgot where I was even going with this. No, you're just saying that it was Samuel Johnson who would think one. Oh, yes. He's going to feel bad. But the more I think about it, I'm like, no, I don't feel bad for this whole incident. This is pro wrestling. Accidents happen. Quit being a little bitch about it. Mm. And now if all these boys, Jim Cornette and Eddie Edwards, if they want to jump on this bandwagon and say I'm unsafe or I did it on purpose, then so be it. I don't care anymore. I really don't. My give a is broken, dude. So that, that's a great, uh, you should put that on a t-shirt. You guys are doing a big Lucha Underground versus Impact show at WrestleMania weekend. Yeah. Which side of the coin are you going to be? Well, here's the thing. The way Impact Management is dealing with this right now, I kind of, why am I going to give them my name value for WrestleMania weekend now? I'm one of the most sought after talents WrestleMania weekend. Last year I did 11 shows. I did more shows than anyone else WrestleMania weekend. I never had a moment to breathe. This year, you know what? I'm going to be a little more selective. I almost killed myself. You had 11 that. shows WrestleMania weekend? I did, I did 11 shows in four days, three of which I ran. Oh my gosh. That's crazy. So people don't know what I do, what I go through, and what I do on a regular basis. So I was like, I'm going to take less shows this year. And I did that. I only took six shows this year, which is still mo more than most people's going to do. But if Impact isn't going to support me in this and going to run their mouths about it too because I keep getting messages. What are they saying? Dude, I keep getting messages from Sanjay, Don, Scott, like, yo, you might be going a little too far with this. Like, sure, like, what we're trying to do is change wrestling, but maybe you're, maybe you need to talk, tone it down a little bit. No. If you want me to tone it down, then I don't want to be at your company. So at this point, you know what? If I'm going to support any company, I'll probably support Lucha Underground. You never know. I might show up as Jeremiah Crane at, at uh, WrestleMania weekend because then at least Lucha will get the rub. Are you afraid of taking things too far? Like, if you if you piss off the management, what if you get fired? Then what happens? Oh, if I if I get fired, I'll go make money somewhere else. Like, sure, I want to be an impact, but I don't want to be an impact to just be another spoke in the wheel. I'm going to be the guy that sets that company on fire, and that's nothing against Aries, Alberto El Patron, any of those guys. They're awesome. They're helping build the product too. But 
I want people to be talking to me and I am damned if I'm not going to, in my mind, think I'm better than everyone. If I'm not going to think that I can draw more money than everyone and have better matches because that's exactly what I'm doing. That's what I'll continue to do. And like it or not, I'm going to end up being the face of Impact Wrestling. I'm going to be the guy that leads the revolution and changes Impact Wrestling and gets people talking again. Because look, I just did it. Highest rated episode of Impact in a year. That's me. That's on me at this point. So were you and Eddie friends? Yeah, I've wrestled Eddie all over the world. See, but that's the thing with Eddie. Eddie's a quiet guy. Eddie's not going to go out of his way to bury anything or read a situation. He's just going to let it be. And that's why this bugs me so much that Eddie now at first was like, oh, this is an accident. Like, don't harp on Sammy. But then he wants to go on Bubba Ray's podcast and say, I might have did this on purpose now. Like, is he really eating all and believing all the bullshit all these people are spewing? Does he really think that I hit him in the face with a baseball bat on purpose? That's bullshit. So if he has an issue with me, I'll deal with him like I will everyone else because I'm a man and I will actually come say it to your face. I will not just hide behind a computer screen. I will call you. I will text you. I will arrange a place for us to meet. If anyone wants to talk shit and question my work or my professionalism, we can have an issue and deal like this like human beings and adults. Because if something like this happened back in when you first was breaking out and becoming a huge name in 96, 97, 98 and someone wanted to run their own, this person hurt me. They'd tell him to quit being such a bitch and get to work hmm. like this is stupid I, I want to go back to that but just before that you mentioned that you were running shows do you run a lot of shows and what is it like being on that side of the coin because i know for me doing this uh, jericho cruise i never wanted to be a promoter now i am and it's a whole different world. Uh, it's way harder than people think <laughs> a you got to keep all the fans happy right b you got to keep all the boys happy and all these boys that say you're your friends they're the ones that's going to nickel and dime you the most and be like oh but we're friends and then you, you get overbooked shows because you're trying not to make any of your boys mad by booking them even though they don't belong on the show like so you have to find that happy medium i run shows and i run successful shows check out my company at pw revolver i'm one of the first guys outside of ring of honor that i was able to set up for naito to come over here and wrestle for revolver oh, naito just wrestled we, so, for you. yeah he wrestled i was the first show of his triple shot weekend wow I sold so many tickets at a building that you're actually about to play in Dayton, the Rockstar Pro oh, Arena. Yeah. I sold that building beyond capacity that the fire marshal had to cut it down and shut 200 people out of my door. Wow. So I'm doing something right. My WrestleMania weekend show has some of the most buzz out of any show. Pancakes and pile drivers too. We did it last year. Everyone thought it was going to be a joke, but you know what I secured? I secured a sponsorship from IHOP last year and I gave free pancakes to everyone that walked in the door because I'm like, you know what? This is going to be a funny gimmick. But people bought into it. We were one of the highest, we're probably like the fourth or fifth highest drawing show of Mania weekend last year and then i ran a show called midnight after mania with wrestle circus last year that happened at midnight after wrestlemania and we sold that out in four to four 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 minutes so now this year going into wrestlemania weekend we're already almost sold out of tickets from a band that i a brand that i have built on the term for our generation by our generation that's how i live my life I'm doing this for my generation and it's by my generation. We are working together and we are like-minded individuals that are going to set this world on fire. Is Pancakes and Pile Drivers like a morning show or something? It is. It's at 11 a.m. brunch time. Wow. So that's the thing. You're taking advantage of the fact that there's so many people there for WrestleMania weekend. So what do you do to make your show different? You'll have a morning show and you have a midnight show. That's, that's very clever. Yeah. Uh, but now, so I ran last year. I was one of the only companies to run at like 11 a.m. last year. Now they saw how good I am. Now everyone's trying to of jump course. on the bandwagon. There's people running against my show this year. Uh, Progress is running against my show this year. Even though they're running two shows, they're running Friday and Saturday. But they're going to do good, and yeah. we're going to do good. That's the cool thing about professional wrestling. 
for WrestleMania weekend alone, last year in Orlando, I was living in Orlando at times, so I got to see people coming in and out of there for two weeks straight. There was estimated 220,000 extra people in Orlando for the week of WrestleMania. But how many people did WrestleMania draw? 70. 70,000. Yeah. So there was just as many people that were going to all the other shows, the ring of honors, the, just to be the part of the scene, the yeah. WWN, the evolved shows, the Joey Janela spring break. They're going to see that and meet the conventions because there is wrestling is becoming cool again for our generation that now all the hipsters, right. all these 25 to 30 year old people that are getting out of college now that love professional wrestling and they have great jobs. They're flying around the world. I'll see the same fans in California that I'll see in Ohio sometime. And that's the cool place to be in wrestling. But to make my show different than everyone else's is I book stuff that no one else is going to see. Mm-hmm. I book like, I book just ridiculous. You you know Marty DeRosa, correct? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I book yeah. Marty DeRosa to wrestle. You know why? Fuck it. He's a comedian. Yeah, yeah. but fuck it. Yeah. That's going to be awesome. Mm-hmm. Marty DeRosa is going to team with Colt Cabana and have his first wrestling match. <laughs> but by doing that, I was able to get Colt to leave the convention for like an hour, which is mind-blowing because he makes so much money at the convention that he usually doesn't do shows during the convention. But I used my connections and begged him to do the show because I knew it would be a special moment for my fans. Mm. So that's what people don't realize about me. I don't just wrestle. I also am a guy that teaches people social media. I build people's social medias. I build websites. I do t-shirts. I do video editing for my own product. I do promos for people. I help put together promo packages and get people ready to go to either WWE or Impact. So I'm doing all these different things, but wow. people don't know. How are you training people to do social media? Social media. So anyone that I have my hand in, like social media can either make your career or break your career. Absolutely. Right? You just say one wrong thing. I teach people how to build their brands and stuff like WWE taught me a lot of this. So I'm going to pass this knowledge around to the next generation, but also stuff that I've seen to work for myself. I'm one of the more successful guys on social media right now. I don't have as many followers as you, but everything I tweet, the retweet ratio and the favorite ratio and the amount of like analytics, like see, that's what people don't understand. Like everything's by numbers. Like I look at my numbers, I look at my analytics and that's how things have so to be So does everybody down. else too. There's certain ways to release a promo. There's certain ways to get more eyes on it. There's certain ways to make something seem bigger than it is. And I'm trying to break that down for people and teach people that because then I'm not just, it's not like, oh, I don't want to help this guy because he's going to take my spot one day. No, but if I have all my students and all the guys under my wings and all the guys that wrestling on my shows, like right now I'm getting people to move to the Midwest because we're building a territory. We're about to start running weekly live iPay-per-views every Wednesday, which no one's doing right now. Because we're building a territory. People are moving into our area. In Iowa? Or in Ohio. Ohio. Uh, we're building this territory, the Midwest territory, because wrestling is becoming a territory system again. Mm-hmm. England's a hot territory. Japan's a hot territory. Germany, different places in the United States. And that's what we're doing, and I'm going to continue to do that. It's smart, though, because like you said, WWE can't sign everybody. No. And there's guys, too, that know if you do get signed, it's going to be a big uh, bottleneck effect to get in there. Like, you know, yourself. And you know, we're talking about Bucks and, and, and timing is everything. Those guys, yeah. My biggest mistake at WWE was the time I went there. And one thing, uh, like Gabe Sapolsky, people can love him or hate him. I've had a love-hate relationship. He's taught me so much shit in this business when it comes to promos and how to build myself as a larger-than-life character. But I wish I would have listened to him when I first got offered the WWE contract. This was I was going to be the first group of people at the Performance Center. Uh, he's like, dude, wait a year. He goes, you're. He's like, you're just now blowing up even more. He's like, in a year, you're going to be the guy. He's like, they just got Sami Zayn and all these other guys. You're going to go in there and like, you're going to have to like play second fiddle to everyone for a while, like, because they're there before you. It's a, it's a totem pole system. And I was like, no, like, if I'm signed, and like, I tell young guys this, like, just because you're offered a contract doesn't mean you have to sign it anywhere. And like, guys are so 
I got to sign a contract. I got to sign a contract. They just sign the first thing that's thrown at them, even though it's not the best thing for their career. Timing is everything. Absolutely. If I would have been in NXT six months prior when Sami Zayn and Neville and all those guys first got there, I would have been in a way different situation than when I debuted. I was right in the middle, the very first class of performance center. That they really didn't know what the performance center was and how to run it. We were having four-hour practice days in ring, then two-hour training sessions. Some days we'd be there for 15 hours a day. Like People don't realize like the performance center is hard. Everyone wants to be signed, but only maybe 20% of wrestlers could actually deal with what they have to deal with. There's a lot of training working out. It's not just training. It's your mind. It's dealing with the same people. You're all there trying to be the top guy. And like, there's going to be a lot of passive aggressive bullshit because wrestling, just like everything else in the world is high school Mm -hmm. because high school truly doesn't end. Mm -hmm. It's not just a song lyric. That shit True. don't end. Like it's the same thing everywhere in the world. But if I would, or if I would have been six months later when Kevin Owens and Kenta and Finn got there, I feel like I'd have been in a way different situation. But I was right in the middle where they're like, Bill DeMoss straight up told me, like, none of you guys are gonna wrestle for six months. I was the first guy out of that class to get a match on a live event. I was there for three weeks, had a live match with Xavier Woods. We killed it because Xavier went out of his way. He's like, yo, you need to shine tonight. Let's get all your shit in. This is your first match in developmental. Let's kill it. He's awesome. Awesome yeah, yeah, human yeah, being. Yeah, yeah, just absolutely. And he's like, dude, he's like, hit me with everything you got. I don't care. Just make your shit look good. So I will thank him for that. We had an awesome match. I was so happy for it. I got to the back and I was happy. And the agents pulled me right to the room. and was like, yo, if that wasn't for Xavier, that would have probably been a mess. You're way too violent. You're way too aggressive for how small you are. And then I didn't. <laughs> so then I got taken off shows because they were like, we already know what we got with you. And I didn't wrestle again for six months. So I just sit down in developmental, set up a ring, which is not, not above. Work security. But dude, you'd already worked it. for years in the business. But I understand that anywhere, any different territory you go, it doesn't matter how big your name is. A lot of times it's like starting yeah, fresh true. and you got to, you got to be the green boy again, when you, when which you, I was fine with. Yeah. But when I did that for almost three years and I kept getting told one thing and something else would happen, or I was getting pulled in different directions. You're too aggressive. You're too this, you're too that. Like that's where I couldn't deal with it anymore. And I love like, the concept of you're too violently aggressive for your size. Yeah. I wonder if anyone ever said that to, you know, Bill Eddie, Eddie straight up told or... me Vince doesn't like aggressive means small guys you need to smile more and be more finesse like you need to be more and it's funny because eddie guerrero would tell you different you know yeah yeah he was very small but also very violent and aggressive you look at me like sure i'm not the most opposing people but also what what, i i will say i'm one of the most believable people in professional wrestling of what i do in a ring you can see my match with bobby lashley impact management strip said like oh we don't know how this is going to go like you're so small, we want to like give you a run as a, a more higher end guy. You got to wrestle Bobby Lashley, and we got to the back, and they're like, "You are believable as." F-. And I went, "I've been trying to say this for years, and people just let me be me." Right. Like, and I understand when you get to a new company, you got to do what they tell you to do. But I'm to the point in my career now where how long I've been wrestling, I think I know what the f- I'm doing. And you need to sometimes like don't overproduce people and just let them be there. Let the pros be pros. Yeah, let the pros be. Because what I'm doing right now is gold. Last few things uh, you mentioned, Naito. How did you get him booked? Because that was his first time in the states. Or uh, I think he'd, he had been over here for Impact and oh. Ring of Honor before oh, okay. when he was younger. But uh, it's just a bunch of. I was going over to New Japan. We had someone else that was working for New Japan, and we were like. If we can get this happen, you want to use Naito too? And I was like, oh, absolutely. Like, I definitely want to use uh, Naito. And we did it. And, like, Naito had a great time, dude. He made a ton of money just wrestling. But, dude, the outreach of support in Ohio, 
so many Los Ingonables. I can't say it. Me neither. Yeah. Los Ingonables Dude, de Japón. blown away by just the amount of support and love that he got in a place like Ohio from people coming. Like, every shirt, like, every person that came to that show wanted to pay money for a signing just to meet him, take a picture, and get his autograph. Like, that's where wrestling is becoming right now. We have larger-than-life characters that we can build our brand outside of WWE and right. become real household names. This might be the, the biggest wrestling has been i mean obviously in the attitude era when you had wcw and, and wwe fighting each other that was huge but you're talking about on a worldwide basis and guys making big money not in wwe this could be the, the best time for for a guy like you to be able to do this absolutely and i'm gonna ride this and i'm gonna become i'm a trailblazer i'm trying to do the same shit that you've been doing for years mm. but just do it in a new age way with technology it's- last question because i know you, you got to go back to work but um Eventually, when Eddie is ready and his eye is healed, there's going to be a match, obviously, between you and him. And yeah. It's probably going to be ugly. And it's probably going to be a grudge. What do you think about that? Because you know he's going to be coming at you hard. I ain't afraid to get hit. I've been knocked out by Two Cold Scorpio. I've been knocked out by Loki. And I'm the only guy that got knocked out by Loki and woke the f- back up and fought him for another 20 minutes. I ain't afraid to get my ass beat. That's the difference. A lot of these tough guys, they've never been in a real fight in their life. Mm-hmm. People think Ohio's all peaches. They don't know what me, Dave, and Jake came up with where we came up from. Mm. We're kings of a white trash kingdom at this point when you really think about it. Like, the streets of Dayton are rough. And we grew up, and that's why I'm not afraid. Like, because at the end of the day, like, no matter what I do, I don't care if someone wants to have a real issue with me in the ring because I have Dave and Jake with me almost everywhere I go. And at this point, you know what? I'm going to just start carrying a baseball bat because people want to start some shit, and it really gets that boiled down to it. I ain't afraid to hit a mother baseball bat do you feel sad that you probably lost a friend i'll take a line out of scott hall's book i got enough friends i want some money now wow that's heavy dude well like i said man i mean uh when you take these choices and make these choices you're gonna have people that are beside you but a lot of people are gonna be against you that's the thing when i was younger and in wwe in general a lot of people go through this phase where we just want to make everyone happy we don't want anyone to hate us. And even though if it kills us on the inside, makes us miserable and depressed, we go out of our way just to try to make everyone happy. I'm done making people happy. I'm done with this passive aggressive bullshit. People want realism. People want violence. People are done with the PG era and they want real professional wrestling again. Well, I'm going to give it to them. Kayfabe ain't dead and I ain't fake. I'm done being PC. I'm done with this bullshit, and I'm done with your podcast, Chris. I'm f-ing done. Wow. Well, yeah. uh, well, thanks to Sammy Callahan. Wow. <laughs>